When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds are talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. The smoothest show on internet radio. Your host, the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds. Hello, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. The Jazz Queen here along with Mike Reynolds. Mike, how are you? Doing okay, doing okay. How's everything going out there in Vegas? Same, doing just fine. Yep, doing good. Today is Saturday, October 15th. 2016. If you'd like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Scroll down to Interviews and click on Listen right above Mr. Steve Rabine's picture. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. I want to welcome to the chat room Joe from Germany. Hey, Joe. Um, Three-quarter today. Hello. Welcome to you and Ali J. Welcome as well to the chat room. Thanks for tuning in. All right. So today, Mike and I are talking to jazz vibraphonist, composer, music educator, percussionist, pianist, and digital artist, Steve Rabine. His new release is called Cool Vibes. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hi, Terry. How are you? Good, good. Happy to have you here. And, oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and talk about this uh, instrument of yours, the vibraphone. Tell us how That's you got right. started on playing that. That's a good question. I actually uh, started on piano when I was in first grade. And then uh, I took lessons for about four years, and then I switched to drums. And then because uh, uh, my, of my love for kind of piano playing, the next logical extension was to go into mallet percussion playing. So when I was in seventh grade, I started playing the xylophone. And then a couple of years later, um, I made the transition to becoming a vibraphonist. I saw, the, I saw uh, two prominent vibists play that were really instrumental in inspiring me. One was Gary Burton, and the other was Milt Jackson of the Modern Jazz Quartet. And uh, that was kind of that you know, very definitive moment in my life that I decided I want to be a, vi- a jazz vibraphonist. Hmm. So now when I think of a vibraphonist, the first person that comes to mind for me is Roy Ayers. And his Roy music. Ayers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Roy is a gifted one of the, you know, one of the great vibes throughout the history of jazz and he's really been instrumental uh you know, he's really been into that kind of R&B smooth yeah. jazz genre for, you know, the majority of his career. So he is a great player and uh you know, one of those one of those signature players that will leave an indelible imprint on the history of jazz. Exactly, exactly. Now, um there, I did do a, a, a search for vibraphonists out there, and there, there are quite a few actually. Has any of them um, come? To, do any of them come to mind to you in terms of um, influence? Well, I studied with uh, I studied with Gary Burton when I was uh, in high school, and he's considered by many to be the kind of the the uh, you know the godfather of four mallet vibraphone playing. So um, he's kind of retained that mantle of excellence throughout his entire career. So he was, he was probably my biggest influence in my career as a young player. And then, like I said, I, I really loved the music of the modern jazz quartet and the kind of blues R&B-influenced ballad playing and bebop playing of Milt Jackson. So he was another big, oh, yeah. big influence in my life. Yes, okay. And I uh, read that... Um Roy Hutchinson um, recently passed away um, from the article. Oh, you mean Bobby Hutchinson? Bobby Hutchinson, yes, yes. Um, recently passed away um, as well. He yes. was another um, vibraphone. A, a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal yeah. talent. Um, I, I, I had many of his records as a kid growing up. Uh, I, 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 can still, I can still sing The Creators by Bobby Hutchinson. It's mm. uh, just 
I, I don't know. He had his real. He had his own signature sound, like all the other ones did too. But I definitely went through a big Bobby Hutcherson phase. Okay. All right. So now, when you started playing the vibraphone, um, what genre of music did you initially start in? Has it always been jazz? Yeah, pretty much. When I was uh, when I was a younger kid taking drum set lessons, I had a drum set teacher that kind of introduced me to jazz uh, uh, vis-a-vis Dave Brubeck. And uh, so by the time I was actually in middle school, I had a little jazz combo, and uh, we were playing Dave Brubeck tunes and okay. uh, back in Wisconsin. So really, although I love contemporary pop music and R&B and soul and funk and all of that stuff, uh, that the kind of music really resonates with me. I've been, I've been kind of a, a jazz kid my whole life, a jazz person. I always had that kind of orientation. Okay, okay. Um, Steve, three-quarter two-day in the chat room is Dawn, and she says hello. Hi, Dawn. And then Joe from Germany says, I remember Lionel Hampton. He played the vibraphone for Benny Goodman. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. he's one of the greats, Lionel Hampton. Yeah. You know, I mean, he really brought the vibraphone into national prominence during his uh, during the swing era, during the swing era with the Benny Goodman mm-hmm. Orchestra. Mm-hmm. One of the true mm-hmm. pioneers of uh, of vibists. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. All right, Mike. Did you have a question? Yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, Steve. You know, picking the uh, vibraphone to be your main uh, instrument as far as uh, going out and doing a uh, record. Did you have any uh, thoughts about it? Uh, like we said, of course, all the other ones that came before you. Did you have any other thoughts with the fact that you knew how to play other instruments to kind of go with that as being a lead instrument? Well, for a while, uh, I was kind of a, I had a kind of a dual purpose in when I was with a group called Oracle. That was a kind of a contemporary jazz fusion group that I started when I was in college. And actually, uh, one of your most prominent smooth jazz superstars was in that in that band with me for about seven years, Rick Braun. And uh, oh. when we were in that group together, I did a lot of percussion playing, Latin percussion playing, and it was kind of a, almost like a symphony back there, of almost like a Frank Zappa-esque thing I was doing from a percussion perspective. But I was still more vibe-centric when I would do my solos. So I was kind of, you know, kind of it was multi multi discipline you know percussion role that I had, and then ultimately, I kind of just transitioned in, into being exclusively a jazz vibraphonist okay. and Rick gave you some great advice as well. What did he tell you? Yeah, Rick came through on tour about the mid nineties with uh, one of his early tours, the guitar saxes and more tour and we uh, at that time, I was a professor of jazz at a university and uh we were hanging out, and he said, you know, Steve, why don't you try to do for the vibraphone what I did for the trumpet in smooth jazz? And then he kind of, you know, talked me through it, and I said, you know, that's a very intriguing thought, and that triggered the next 20 years of this smooth jazz odyssey that I've been on uh, to try to, you know, gain prominence as a jazz vibraphonist within the smooth jazz idiom as a uh, frontline player and uh, composer. So Rick, uh, Rick kind of helped set that whole chain of events into action. I'm grateful for him for that. Okay. Now, what challenges did you face um, in trying to achieve that? Well, obviously, the first thing to do, I had to write an entire new repertoire of music. So for years, I was, you know, writing music every night from like, 10 p.m. to 1.30 or 2 a.m. in the morning. I did that for like three or four years on a daily basis, just trying to get a repertoire together. And then finally in 2000, um, I launched my first uh, CD, which was Balance Act. So it took me years just to write the, the initial repertoire. And then from there it was, well, you know, that that the genre is dominated predominantly by saxophonists and guitarists. And then you have a fair number of you know, superb trumpeters and keyboardists and some bassists and vocalists. But vibraphone is not an archetypical smooth jazz instrument. So it was my quest to try to integrate 
the jet the vibraphone into the mainstream of smooth jazz because it was just you know it was uh it was an oddity in that field at that time and now i've been played many many times on you know well over 160 internet and terrestrial radio stations so i'm pretty proud of the fact that a vibraphonist has intersected and uh, integrated himself into the smooth jazz idiom it's but it's been a long process Yes, yeah. And I noticed that there are a list of jazz festivals that you have played. Uh, what was uh-huh. the first jazz fest you played, and um, how were you booked to that playing the vibraphone? Well, the first the first big one that I did was the Montreux Jazz Festival, and that was in with that was with Oracle during the late seventies when we were still on Chrysalis Records. So okay. they they were the ones that booked us into the festival, and that was a phenomenal concert. I mean, that is one of the one of my all-time favorite shows that we ever did. We had a lot of great shows, but that concert was on fire. I mean, the audience was electric and um, you know, they really responded to our music which was really, you know, uh, a fusion music that incorporated jazz and Latin and classical musical elements and rock and some world music influences. So, it was a it was a very progressive group for its day. I think it was pretty much ahead of its ahead of its time. Okay, so now we come to Cool Vibes, your latest yeah. release. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, and I'll get into some music. Okay, well, Cool Vibes is a is a was an, a CD that I've been working on for several years, and uh, you know it's uh, it's got a really nice cross section of, of songs that kind of. I think is a nice blend of the best of my songwriting styles. Uh, you've got the Del Mar Beach tune, which is kind of up and tropic. There's a couple of tr- kind of tropical beach-oriented, like, s- celebratory tunes that are very infectious, like Del Mar Beach and Maui Blue and maybe Coral Breeze. And then you've got the more chill, mellow vibe, just really vibe-centric tunes that are archetypical smooth jazz tunes like uh, my current single, Kiss Me, and then Kicking Back. And then we got a, a barn burner in Snow Fun, which is, believe it or not, a song I wrote 40 years ago mm. and was uh, a tune that was recorded on Oracle's first album, uh, Glider, and uh, it's still doing, you know, the tune still really has legs. It, it's uh, still a viable tune, and it goes over great in concerts, and, in fact, I'm going to do it next weekend. So we have that, and I have another Latin tune, Salsa Verde, and um, a couple really, a, a beautiful ballad I wrote called uh, uh, Illumination that features a, a, one of my friends on alto sax, which I think is one of my prettier, more anthem-like tunes. So it's got a little bit of everything, even a, a big band rendition of one of my favorite tunes of all time that I've done, uh, that I do is Bad Cat Karma. So um, it was a little different focus but um, I think it's it's been really uh, very positively received, and I'm doing great with the radio response. So I'm really happy with it. Okay, good. All right, well, I'm going to start with Del Mar Beach. It's the oh, first good. track on Cool Vibes. Um, is there a story behind this song? Yeah. Uh, the inspiration from that was that it was a family trip to San Diego that triggered it, and uh, we went to hike this uh, Torrey Pines State Natural Reserve near La Jolla, and uh, overlooking this reserve is the unbelievably beautiful Del Mar Beach. You know, it's very expansive and atmospheric and grandiose with these stunning views. And it just kind of triggered this song. It's similar to kind of one of my previous songs, San Diego Surf, uh, on my first CD. But anyhow, it's this really upbeat, kind of trying to capture the, the atmospheric vibe, as it were, of uh, this gorgeous panoramic view, vistas of Del Mar Beach and Torrey Pines uh, Natural Reserve. So okay. that's the that's the background about that. All right, here is Del Mar Beach.
That was Del Mar Beach from Steve Rabine's new release, Cool Vibes. Tell us about the band, Steve. Yeah, um, I'm, I'd, I'd like to uh, say how proud I am proud I am to say that uh, my son David Rabine was uh, featured on the soprano sax with me along with the Vibes. And uh, we have Doyle Tipler on trumpet and flugelhorn, uh, Stan Harper on alto and tenor sax, uh, Dan Cervini on, the, on piano, Jeff Scheffler on guitar, Steve Gomez bass, and Greg All on drums. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I think I think they really laid down a really a really great groove, and it's such a kind of an upbeat, infectious tune. It's uh, it goes over great in concerts. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Joe says even without the, I like that um, song. Even without the title, I would have felt I'm at the beach. Yeah, um, good. You know, if you really want the full effect, go listen to the song and and, and stare at the ocean. It's really that it really <laughs> crystallizes it. It's really interesting. Okay. So now, Steve, um, I noticed with some of the other vibraphonists that I looked at, they play with, you know, three mallets or four mallets, and you play with four? I also play with four, right. Okay. And I noticed, I'm sorry, I noticed in some of the video, like in one of your videos, your fingers are taped together. Oh, sometimes I just uh, I do a little taping uh, just to prevent some blisters if I'm playing for a long time. Okay. Okay. That's all. Okay. So but is it uh, easier? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it, it's it, it's a kind of a mesmerizing formala technique that vibraphonists like me do. So it's uh, you know it, I, it's kind of like a keyboardist only. I mean, I, I function like a like a keyboard is the vibes are similar in scope, except you have to kind of create the illusion of doing with four mallets what a keyboardist does with ten fingers. Mm. And uh, if you're really good at creating this kind of what they refer to it as this kind of pianistic style of jazz improvisation, very contrapuntal and intricate, intricately interwoven, you know, independently generated uh, four mallet, uh, you know, playing lines linear lines going on it's it's pretty it's it's very challenging to do that um but it's uh it's kind of a unique art form in and of itself i would say so is it a um would you recommend or is it recommended to learn to play the piano first before playing the vibraphone i think it's an advantage um most well i shouldn't say most but i think many vibraphonists have begun um, as piano players. I mean, okay. it seems to me that more of them have come from a piano background than than uh, a drumming background, per se. I came from both. But, I mean, I would say the piano is really my primary influence. But, of course, I've been a drummer and a percussionist my entire career as well. So it's kind of, it's hard to separate the two. I mean, they're they're both, you know, inextricably interwoven. But, yes, I think it's an advantage to have played the piano first. Okay, so now if someone wants to play the vibraphone without learning how to play the piano, yeah, would that be I mean, would that be hard to do? Uh would just well, take more It might take a little bit more time. It depends on their mm-hmm. Yeah, it would take it depend on their background. I mean, I'd have to if I were teaching that person, I'd have to teach them all this, you know, all these fundamental theoretical principles that I probably would already teach them if they were studying piano with me, for instance. Okay. So the, the process would be longer. I could teach them how to physically play the instrument, but um, just, I guess I would say, really in-depth jazz theory and harmony uh, assimilation would take longer. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, on your website, steverabine.com, uh-huh. Um, there are some videos of you playing solo, and you yeah. do have a band. So now, is it more challenging to play the instrument without a band? Uh, Terry, actually, I find I love to play solo vibraphone. In fact, okay. I'm kind of in this. Uh, we're in this process right now where I'm. We're going to do a big media push to try to get more festival engagements, either as a band or as me playing solo vibes. I do do concerts just as a solo vibraphonist. Um, they're very, very challenging to play solo. Anytime an artist goes and plays solo in front of an audience, it's, 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 it's so unique and so highly specialized. I mean, the demands are just incredibly, incredibly rigorous. 
Um, but I really love that medium. It's, it's just you alone on stage trying to compel an, an audience, you know, with your art form. You don't have another, you don't have bandmates to kind of share the, share the stage with. I mean, you're, everybody's myopically looking right at you. So right. it's all on you. So you really want to be at the highest possible degree of excellence on your art form if you're going to go out and play solo vibraphone. It's a challenge. I've spent my whole lifetime working on that technique and doing it, and uh, I really enjoy doing it. It's very, very artistically rewarding. Okay. All right. All right. Um, let's get into another song. Do oh, you have a question, Mike? No, I'll wait till the uh, song goes off, and then I'll ask my question after that. Okay. Uh, one of the songs I like on Cool Vibes is Kicking Back. Tell me about this song. Ah, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my next single. Oh, okay, good. All right. Yeah, it's, so, it's going to be coming out in early November as a single, oh, okay. so I'm glad you like it. Yeah, tell me about this song. Tell you about Kicking Back? Yes, please. Okay, well, it's a uh, – it's it's one of those really chill jazz laid back groove tunes featuring you know only the vibes as a as a lead. It's very super atmospheric and uh, kind of enhanced by uh, David P. Murphy's string section and a nice really tight rhythm section groove. Um, I think I think this tune really showcases this kind of seductive sensual expressionistic capabilities of the vibraphone. Um, in order to play the track to really nuance it, it takes a lot of finesse, though. Um, it was it it really pushed me artistically to write that song and to play it to really get that the style so that it would be real liquid and just ultra you know laid back and kind of just dreamy. I guess I I might say. Okay, but this it's really one of like my a- favorite. It's one of my favorite tracks on the CD. Okay, um, this may sound like a crazy question, but on the vibraphone, is there a full musical scale? I mean, the, the, all yeah. of the notes. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's it's just like a keyboard, but there's okay. but it's only re- it's restricted to three octaves. You know, ah. it's, it's you know instead of having, you know, eighty eight keys on the piano, you know, you know you have all these, ex- you know, extra octaves to to deal with you have a finite range on the vibraphone but the whole instrument is configured exactly like a piano okay got it so the the trick really it's kind of like an illusion i mean you have to kind of create the 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 sensation that the instrument is more expansive even though the range of it is more limited than a piano Mm -hmm. so you know this kind of really back and forth and interactive formalit work that you do throughout the entire registers of the instrument, you have to make it sound larger than maybe what the instrument really is. Mm, so that okay. that's always something you have to bear in mind. Okay. All right. We're talking to vibrophonist Steve Rabine. His new CD is called Cool Vibes, and this is Kicking Back.
that track very much. That is Kicking Back from Steve oh, Rayvon. cool vibe. Yes, I like that one very much. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the next single coming out November 7th. Oh, good. good. Uh, All right. Very smooth. Very smooth on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, my question was, you know, I know you had mentioned earlier about the, um, you know, saxophone being the primary instrument that most fans are kind of uh, accustomed to seeing on the yeah. jazz scene. Uh, now, what kind of um, response and, and how are you trying to market yourself being a vibraphonist and playing the exalophone to kind of get fans to kind of come over to um, to that side? And, uh, well, that, you know, is, that is the million-dollar oh. question. Well, mm-hmm. the first thing is, you know, over the last 16 years I've been getting on more and more radio stations, so I'm starting to develop, you know, uh, Oh, an awareness of the sound of the vibraphone on smooth jazz radio, you know, because I've been played a lot on the radio. So people are listening. They're hearing me all throughout the world a lot of the times. Um, it is a new kind of refreshing sound. It's an alternative sound to, you know, the archetypical uh, trumpet or saxophone or guitar sound. But I think that it's, I think that it's a very, you know, a very accessible sound for the medium and and likable i mean eminently likable and it's really fun to watch i mean it's a pretty mesmerizing instrument to watch too Mm -hmm. so you know if i put up put out enough good tunes like kicking back and if you like it hopefully people around the country will want to see me play at festivals yeah yeah Mm -hmm. because i mean because you know me and terry we talk a lot about the uh the fact that you know we would love to see you know artists that play different you know instruments being at these festivals besides you know most of the festivals having a you know loaded with all saxophonists and mm-hmm. you know and, and I know that some of the promoters kind of kind of look at it maybe you know a vibraphonist playing uh, the type of instrument that you do and say well we don't know if the fans would be interested in that but like you said I'm you know but once the fans hear what you do and hear how it comes out, they'll say, okay, well, let's give Steve a shot because I like that that uh, sound, you know, and everything. Right. I appreciate right. that. Actually, I know that they're going to love this. I know they're going to love it when they hear it because I get rave reviews when I play shows around the country. I know that people like it, but like I said, if you have a market that's very dominated by two or three or four instruments – you know, try to trying to create a, a sound within that fabric is a challenge. But you know, mm-hmm. one, if you can actually see it, you'll like it. I know they yeah. like it already because it's played on radio a lot. But mm-hmm. you know, you have to. I always kind of make the analogy: Do you want to eat the same food every day? You know, <laughs> you, you know. I mean, there's only so many days you can eat the same food or wear the same clothes. Variety. We're we're people that crave variety. You know, yeah. so. Um, I think it's I think it's time has come and hopefully uh some of the promoters that do the big festivals will uh you know sign me on and give me a shot to play. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um Joe says that you are really excellent in finding titles for your songs. Oh. Well, thank you. Um I would say that the <laughs> that's one of the things that actually comes a little hard to me is trying to title tunes. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I appreciate that. Um, I I I think about it long and hard to try to you know really capture the the you know the essence of the song with the with the with the title. But some of them are kind of self-explanatory. Like I got an idea to write the song about Delmar Beach because I was at Delmar Beach. You know the family took another trip to Maui, and you know when you're in Maui. Our only, our one and only time in Maui, you're just kind of inundated with this gorgeous blue, you know, ocean and, and sky everywhere. And uh, we came up with Maui Blue. So some of it is, you know, kind of self-evident, and others are. And kicking back, I mean, it's a laid-back tune. You know, we're, it's just kind of kicking back. Although on the the song that's my current single, Kiss Me, um, I proposed that single and to to my wife, and she said, Oh. Excellent. That is definitely the right title for that tune. So ah. uh, I run every I run everything by my wife. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yes. have to make I have to make sure smart she likes man. the title. Smart man. <laughs> you you got to make smart sure, guy. Yeah. You know, Beth knows Beth knows all. Let me tell you. Keep her happy. Yes, as long as Keep she's her, happy, yeah. everything well, is fine. <laughs> 
that's right. That's that's the key to life right there. Yes, yes. Um, Ollie wants to know, how do you travel with your instrument? Well, it depends on how far I'm going. Um, if it's not too far away, I'll drive and I'll transport it. Otherwise, what you have to do is you have to find um, a vibraphone in the city where you are, which usually comes down to trying to find out where the universities are in the city and then rent an instrument from them. Or maybe there's a player in that particular city that has a vibraphone and then you rent it from him or her. Wow, okay. So, Mm. I mean, it's not like you just, you know, you can just find a drum set, you know. You have to find a good vibraphone, and I'm sponsored by... Uh, Ludwig Musser vibraphones, so I'm really you know duty bound to play Musser vibraphones, and I also you know play with Mike Balter mallet. So um, trying to you know fulfill those criteria sometimes may not be as easy depending upon what's available. Got it, got it. Okay, all right. Um, Joe also wants to know: Does he also play the marimba? Should be very similar. He, Joe is right. I do play the I do play the marimba. Um, I don't play it usually in my smooth jazz, uh, uh, you know, band because it's it's a lot to haul around. The marimba is even more, you know, m- m- well, larger, far larger than a vibraphone, generally speaking. And as it is, a vibraphone is a big enough instrument to haul around to gigs, but. My my stuff with marimba tended to be when I did it more more years ago. I did like classical marimba concertos. You know, like I would do actual classical marimba concertos. So yeah, I, I definitely play marimba, but okay. not not a lot for smooth jazz per se. It's okay. just too much to haul around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Steve. The next song is coffee and jazz. Ah. <laughs> you want me to tell you about this? Yes, please. The best way to do it is just to do it for you. When you wake up in the morning and I'm feeling just right, and you look into the mirror and see a terrible sight, it's not that you're a monster and you're feeling mean, but it's time to make that coffee scene. This magic bean has changed the world I know. I've got to have my cup of joe. A cafe Carmel sounds really swell. A jazz CD, a mochaccino for me. Ah, coffee goes well with jazz, you see, because they are a specialty. So all you cats who are feeling hip, turn on the music and take a sip. There you go. I love it. Love it. Yeah, well, it's, it's like now, isn't that a kick? It's a kick. You know, it's kind of like a genre busting tune, kind of a a, uh, a cross between hip hop and jazz. You know, with this kind of beat Jack Kerouac beat pattern. You know, kind of the the uh, the beatneck uh, lingo. Um, I mean, I have a lot of students that are good rappers. You know, and I thought, you know. I can do that. I'm going to try it. And God knows there aren't many people that love coffee more than I do. So many years ago, I wrote this song, the lyrics to this song, Coffee Break, or uh, Coffee and Jazz. And uh, just recently, um, I took it to a friend of mine, David P. Murphy, who wrote the music for it. And uh, I said, David, I want you to hear this thing and see what you think about it. And so he said, well, just why don't you just wrap it to me? So we're at this restaurant. And here I am in a restaurant, and I, he's recording me rapping this song. You know, and people are kind of looking at me rapping this like I just did to you. And he said, I dig that. And I said, well, who are we going to get to do it? And he said, you should do it. Yeah, and I said, me? You think I should do it? He said, yeah, you should do it. You're the right guy to do it. And then, uh, you know, we put it together, and by the time we added – Doyle Tipler's muted trumpet, which creates kind of that Miles Davis effect in it, you know, that muted trumpet that's so identified with Miles Davis and or, you know, Mm -hmm. really, for that matter, Rick Braun is like a master at that, too, you know, Um, that I think really brought that kind of steamy jazz uh, bluesy element to this tune. And it's uh, it's just kind of a kick. It's fun. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. It's a novelty tune. And uh, I guess that's. That's my background story on coffee and jazz. All right, here we go. Coffee and jazz. But if you love coffee, this is your too.
when you wake up in the morning and I'm feeling just right And you look into the mirror and see a terrible sight It's not that you're a monster and you're feeling mean But it's time to make that coffee seem This magic bean has changed the world I know I got to have my cup of joe A cafe Carmel sounds really swell A jazz CD, a mochaccino for me Ah, coffee goes well with jazz, you see Because they are a specialty So, all you cats who feeling hip Turn on the music and take a sip In old Paris, you'll see the word cafe Ask the waiter at your table S'il vous plaît Hey, Colson, what's the favorite brew? Don't make it one cup, I'll take two So why don't you eat the opium first, rose and cone or two They're gonna make a brand new blend for you But if you want a great latte Try the shop around the corner, it's a special today Mocha J and espresso too They're gonna make a little java for you And if you ask them extra nice I'll put that coffee over ice Coffee break and moments in between Just as long as you make that coffee scene Coffee in the morning is what I need most Especially when it comes with bacon, eggs, and toast The sounds of jazz from cool to buck I'm playing in my favorite coffee shop I'm kicking back and taking five Cause coffee and jazz are the hippest job Coffee goes well with jazz, you see Because they are a specialty So, all you cats who feeling hip Turn on the music and take a sip 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 Coffee and Jazz, wrapped by Steve Rabine. If you <laughs> are that. a true coffeeologist, that. that is your tune. <laughs> that was yes. so much fun. <laughs> Good. That's what it was supposed yeah. to be. It was supposed to be a kick. Very you know? different. I wanted everybody to love it that loved coffee. That was something. That was yeah. good. I enjoyed that. And the trump- you're right about the trumpet. It just The trumpet adds such a nice touch to that. Doesn't it make it just really great? Yes, yes. Coffee yeah, Doyle and jazz. did a great job like on that. On the movie soundtrack. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. I like where this is going. Let's get that on a movie soundtrack. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's I, I want I it played in that. every coffee house in America. That would be great. Do you Man, hear us? You, you hear us, Starbucks? Starbucks. <laughs> Come on, Starbucks, sign it up, babe. You need to send that to Starbucks. That is so cool. That is so right. cool. Coffee and Jazz. That was the name of that song. All right. That was nice, Steve. That was nice. Thank you. A lot of fun. <laughs> A lot of fun. All right. So now, uh, where are you performing um, next in your area? Uh, next week, I do this uh, showcase for the uh, Omaha Entertainment Arts and Awards show. I'm nominated for Best Jazz Artist. So my group is playing a, a showcase. That's our next that's our next show next weekend, and then from there, I'm right now I'm pursuing a lot of bookings that we're trying to solidify. So, yeah, we'll see how that all shakes out. Okay, well, congrats on your nomination. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, I have to ask ask you about Music for Life. Tell us about that. Okay, Music for Life is a company I started. Uh, with my uh, business uh, partner. Her name is Dawn Romine. She's a brilliant graphic artist. And um, basically what Dawn and I did is establish a company where we have uh, music motivation, motivational posters for students, music students, uh, music educators, and uh, th- it's all distributed by one of the, music, the largest music retailers in the world, J.W. Pepper. So it's basically my teaching philosophies that I've kind of, you know, developed over the course of 30 years teaching college and K through 12. I mean, students of all ages and adults. And Dawn has done a brilliant job with, you know, putting these, you know, her artistic vision to these, to these various uh, quotes and quips that I come up with. Like, if you want to be great, don't procrastinate. Work it. Don't shirk it. Show me. Don't snow me. Hard work leads to success. There are no shortcuts on the road to success. When you command the stage, you command the audience's attention. Preparation requires prior planning. 
The three Ds, discipline, dedication, and determination will decide your fate. The three E's, effort, energy, and enthusiasm will create opportunities. Music must be interpreted, not just played. When you memorize music, you mesmerize the audience. The drummer is the engine of the ensemble, not the caboose. One of my primary philosophies, practice makes better. It may not make you perfect, but it will make you better. Be dynamic mm. and use dynamics, and we'll stop with music fundamentals are mentally fun. Wow. So, yeah, so I have, we have 70 different posters of different sizes that music students and educators are ordering all through the country, and uh, that's that's music for life and then we just do tons of music education outreach via uh, via the internet you know we're, we're we have a really very very visible presence uh on twitter and you know things of that nature so um that's kind of the educational philosophy part of what i do okay okay and these posters are available for purchase Absolutely. All you need to do is go to J.W. Pepper. They're a huge music retailer, and then just search their inventory, and it'll be the posters are under our company, Music for Life, LLC. Okay. Okay. And Don says posters look great in studios, too. They do. Right. They're beautiful. You know, they're beautiful. J.W. Pepper just did a stunning job, and they're all very affordable. I mean, they're not co- they're not cost you know prohibitive. They're very very uh, they're very you know reasonably priced, and they're beautiful. And hopefully, uh, as we're finding out, because a lot of students and schools are buying them, uh, the the message is resonating with people. Okay. Although I think my <laughs> students have heard all these quips and quotes a lot. They're, they, I think they think I'm like a a walking. Uh, <laughs> quote machine or something but uh it they do resonate with students that's the point okay. they, it's memorable stuff that can impact your your you know your development as a musician mm-hmm. and it helps mm-hmm. me reinforce all of my theories and principles when i'm trying to teach my students how to you know develop their skills and talents okay don just posted the link to the jw pepper website in the chat room thank you don for that so okay great don did that yeah, so you can go ahead and check that out. All right, so Steve, I'm going to close the show with another song. Mike, you have a question? No, no question. But uh, I, I totally agree with um, Steve about the impact of um, music on the kids' uh, learning and everything. Mm-hmm. I think kids learn better when there when there's kind of music involved in it because, you know, um, you know, kids remember. I mean, we can remember. I mean, I can still remember and recite each word from a rap song from 1984 but can't remember certain other, you know, uh, things as far as, uh, you know, educational-wise, uh, you know, addition, subtraction, things like that. But, I mean, but kids, they use music and they remember things like that, you know, especially like the um, musical notes or chords or, you know, words or something like mm-hmm. that. So I think music and education should be kind of used as a uh, combination tool to educate kids. I agree. Very good. Well said, Mike. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, Steve, I'm going to let you pick the song I close the show with. Uh, let's uh, let's end it with uh, uh, my current single, "Kiss Me." I think that okay. uh, that would be a good way to uh, uh, to end it. And uh, want to thank you, Terry and Mike, for having me, and to all your listeners, I appreciate it. And let's get that vibe out in the uh, let's get that cool vibe sound out in the festivals. I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing all of you. And let's get that coffee and jazz into Starbucks as well. (laughs) All right, Terry, thank you. Let's do it. Let's do that. Yes. (laughs) Let everyone know where they can find you on the website. Uh, Well, www.steverabine.com. Okay, and that's across the board on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, Steve Rabine. I'm on Twitter, and I have a huge Twitter following. It's it's, uh, Steve Rabine at Bad Cat Cafe. Okay, and cat is spelled with the K. Yeah, with K's. Cat is spelled with the K's. Yeah, bad cat and cafe is with a C. Yes. It's kind of derivative of my tune, Bad Cat Karma. Yes, okay. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) All right, well, Steve, thank you so much for giving Mike and and I an opportunity to speak with you. It's been really interesting. Well, thank you. I've had a great time, and I really appreciate it. No, and we're pleasure. appreciative of the fact that you're not a saxophone player, too, okay? <laughs> Believe me. So, yeah. 
<laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> a new instrument, a different instrument in the genre. Yes, so definitely. Lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. It's it's the the it's the time for the vibraphone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right, Steve. Thank you again, and you have a great day. Yeah, you too, Terry. Thank you, and thank you, Mike. It's been right, great Steve, to be with you. One. All right. That was Steve Raybine. His new CD is called Cool Vibes. You'll find that on um, Amazon and iTunes. And definitely check out the website, steverabine.com. Okay, Mike, you have anything to add before I close out? Uh, nothing to add. Like I, I, I'm loving the music that uh, Steve has and everything. I mean, that was uh, very, very different and very nice. I, I mean, when I heard the uh, the rap song, I'm sitting here smiling while I'm listening to it. Like, that's that's pretty cool. So, so I really I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So yeah, yeah definitely pick this up and everything. Definitely. Coffee and Jazz is that name is the name of that song. All right. Thanks to the uh, chat room, uh Joe from Germany, Ollie J and Three Quarter Two Day, aka Don. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. This is Kiss Me. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.